Welcome to a podcast with Aaron Schultz. Men's mental health matters. Live life with an outback mind. Thank you very much for joining in, guys. Live life with an outback mind, as Russell said. Um, calm, that's what it's all about. Being in the outback, being... With nature, still chilled out, um, you know, it's, it's all within us to be able to find that sense of peace and um, yeah, that's why we do these podcasts, to be able to share stories of people that uh, um, have got some really good uh, life experience, lived experience to be able to you know, help others and empower others. So now today I have David Calthorpe with me, ex-Essendon uh, Premiership player, um, Really good story. Uh, played a hundred odd games for Essendon, then went to Brisbane. Then he went to, uh, sorry, went to Brisbane. Then he went to the Kangaroos for a year, and then he sort of disappeared out of the system. So we're going to talk all about that. You know, um, his sort of journey along the way. Um, you know, his journey growing up, coming through footy, and coming out the other side, and um, some of the observations he's made with mental well-being within himself, but also within uh, the football community, which is uh, always really helpful for people out there that are listening in to hear. Uh, what's going on and what's uh, happened in other people's lives. So I'm really sure you're going to enjoy this chat. I um, uh, really appreciate your feedback too. If you'd like to um, send me an email to support at outbackmind.com.au, uh, check out the website outbackmind.org.au. We're able to accept donations now, so uh, fully tax deductible donations. So really appreciate any support that you'd uh, be able to give us. It just helps uh, helps us get out there and get the work done, and that's really what's needed. So appreciate it. Also, want to make a special mention to The Real Shift to support the podcast. So if you've got a blockage in your life, you've got something you want to try and change, move on, a habit, um, something you want to try and uh, achieve. These guys have got a, an incredible nine-week deep dive program. They've got another one coming up soon where they take you on a journey to be able to um, rediscover yourself and rediscover your purpose in life and uh, you know as I mentioned get rid of habits if you've got them so really uh, encourage you to check out the website and support them it's therealshift.com if you, pardon me, if you go to realshift.com forward slash deep dive you'll see a bit about the program um, if you mention the Outback Mind podcast you get a 10% discount it's really cheap anyway it's, it's about a thousand dollars so you get 10% off that uh, great investment yourself to be able to help you move forward and uh, and thrive in this lifetime. That's what it's all about. Alrighty, hope you enjoy this chat with Dave and I, and uh, yeah, really appreciate your feedback. G'day, Dave. G'day, how are we going today? Good, good, mate. What's going on down there? Are you cold or? Mate, bloody freezing. I, um, <laughs> I, uh, I've got a, uh, a deck rejuvenation business, and uh, my guys, we're hardly working at the moment because everything's so cold and wet. What did you say? Death rejuvenation? Death. Uh, timber deck. We, oh, we, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we sand, clean, recoat uh, timber decking. Oh, right, mate. Yeah, well, yeah, if the weather's no good, it might be a bit tricky just, to do that. Uh, just one of the many, one of the many pies that I've got my fingers in, so. Yeah, oh, that's good. And, and also probably a few meat pies, I reckon, as well. 
<laughs> just on that. Hey. Yeah, I was going to put. I was going to put like a slimming photo uh, that that you. Uh, <laughs> Podcast, but ah, that's all right, mate. Tell me, where's, uh, the, be- where, where's the best meat pie in Melbourne? Oh, mate, there's. Um, well, I live in Templestowe now, but like Tony's Tony's pies down at um, Buckley Street, Essendon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they he's it's a ripper little you know bakeries of my life, and that's a, it's a ripper bakery. <laughs> so. It's been around for a while, that one. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker. Every time I drive past there, I was bloody. I've rested a fair bit, so uh, <laughs> a bit of a trap. Yeah, mate. Tell bit us a bit of a trap. No, no doubt. Tell us a bit about yourself, where you were brought up, and um, and sort of life evolving for you as a teenager. Um, well, I I, um, I grew up in East Kilgore. Um, just uh, yeah, grew up in East Kilgore. Um, uh, just uh, li- we've got uh, an older brother. Um, a younger brother and a younger sister. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, went to St. Peter's Primary School in East Kilo, went to St. Bernard's College in Eppenden. Um Yeah, I mean, always always played heaps of different sports. Parents encouraged me to play, you know, a lot of different sports. It wasn't just, wasn't just football. And, you know, always, always doing something every weekend, which was, um, you know, highly encouraged. And I think I, you know, and... And I think um, the fact my my oldest brother Ali sort of thirteen months apart, I sort of followed him in a lot of the sports that we competed in, and, um, mm. and I think that I think that's sort of what formed um, you know my competitiveness in, in in a lot of things is you know wanting to beat your, your older brother yes. a bit. So yeah. that was certainly uh, certainly high on the agenda. Um, yeah, so I went to St Bernard's. I was pretty passionate about school sport and representing the school. Um, yeah, just sort of, you know, took took opportunities to come away in, in different sports and, um, you know, and along the way, you know, I had, had, had to make certain choices in certain sports and, you know, and, I mean, you can say sometimes you think, oh, you know, you know I, uh, I made the right decision, I made the right call on that one or, you know, I regret that one, um, but in hindsight, you know, you can't, you can't look back and say, uh, you know, you've got to... So I did the wrong thing now. I just got to, you just got to move forward, basically. So, you know, I, I had, you know, I had a, a you know, I had a, look, a pretty good footy career, you'd, you'd say, you know, in terms of when you look at some of the things that I achieved, but at the same time, I I gave up a, a reasonable, reasonably promising baseball career, and that was my, mm. my passion and my love was baseball. But, um mm. Um, but I chose the football path um, for sort of opportunities and um, you know to make a bit of a career and and that's that's the sort of path I went down you know so how did it evolve uh, for you mate like did you get a bit of a, uh, a, a like a, a tap on the shoulder to come down to Essendon nineteens under nineteens yeah well yep. yeah well um, being, being at St Bernard's um, I played. I played in the first 18 there, you know, since probably year 10, year 10, year 11, year 12. Um, and because I stopped playing football sort of under 14, from under 14 level and above. Um, but our team, our team manager, my brother was playing under 19s at Essendon. Mm. Um, and they'd had, had a few injuries and things. And my, our, our senior coach at St. Bernard's, a guy by the name of Phil Brown, he was the team manager at Essendon under 19s. Mm. 
Um, so they, yeah, they sort of got me down to fill in, play a few games, and um, yeah, I sort of never looked back really. Mm, amazing, um, I had a few little moments where I thought, oh, I don't want to do this, you know, I got a little bit too hard. And I, I mean, I love being around a footy club and that with the boys, but I, I didn't, I, I wasn't a big, I didn't, you know, I didn't love the game as such, but um, yeah, but I, I sort of, yeah, went down that path. I thought I'll have a crack for a few years and, you know. As it turned out, ended up, ended up with an AFL Premiership pretty early. So, um, mm. you know, got a sort of lifelong friends now from the sort of footy club. So, for sure, mate. Tell me, I was pretty, yeah, I was pretty lucky. I was pretty lucky. At the same time, I was really driven playing. Um, I was captain of St Bernard's first eighteen, and it's um, I played in two losing Sun Shields. Like back back that time, you know, I was in year eleven, year twelve. School football was bigger than anything had offered for me. Yeah, I was desperate to beat Assumption College, and because they'd touched us up a couple of times, and uh, they were the powerhouse. And um, yeah, we in my final year were able to beat them in the Sun Herald Sun Shield. Mm, yeah, Remember, man, uh, it was pretty huge back then. Yeah, Jane Crawford was the captain for them. Who was that? Jane Crawford was the captain for them. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. And I, and I, and I was also captain for St. Bert. So, Who were yeah. some of the other good players that were running around for for those guys and you back uh, then? Well, we had a few guys that were, that were you know, um, up-and-comers who had been like brought into AFL clubs but didn't really play much senior footy. I don't know if you, you know a name. Well, uh, Danny Sexton went to North Melbourne. He's now... He's been an assistant coach, done every role at St Kilda for the last, gee, probably 10 to 15 years. I think he's been at St Kilda, Daddy. Yep, uh, he's uh, from up at uh, up the Murray Way somewhere, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's, like, James Cook. Remember James Cook, who, um, he's, he's, I think he, his father wrote to all AFL clubs and said, you know, if you're not a big club, don't draft my son. Yeah, he played with great yeah. endeavour, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he played. I think he Carlton and Bulldogs. He ended up at and yeah, he's from Tassie. He, 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 sorry, he, didn't, he didn't play great school footy for us. Like, um, and then there were some guys who were in under nineteens and played reserves footy here, like um, Jason Dullard, Jared Harrington, really good players. Yep, I got on name of Glenn Hoffman. I think he played at Melbourne for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, there wasn't. Uh, we were, we were predominantly. We didn't have scholarships or things like that, but certainly some country boys who had finished their schooling um, while they went, you know, while they were at either, you know, specifically Essendon, you know? Yeah, absolutely, mate. It would have been pretty amazing turning up there back then in 92 or whenever it was when you had uh, Tim Watson floating around and you had a few of the younger fellas like Hurd and, uh, and so forth coming through around the same age as you. Yeah, well, it's funny because... Um, like, I, um, I sort of, my career accelerated pretty quickly and I was playing, I didn't actually play as much under-19s as, like, you know, Mercs and um, Joey and those type of guys. Mm. I was I was um, put into the reserves pretty quickly and um, so gave, even though it gave me a solid grounding and um, and I was sort of playing, yeah, reserves footies probably, you know, from 1990. Um, well, 1990, basically, 1991. Um, and so I had, yeah, I played, because I played almost, like, you know, I, I was in around the 40-odd games reserve before I even debuted. Mm. So um, it was sort of up there. And, um, 
Yeah, but you're right. Um, you know, I, I remember um, back in 1990, Essendon played Collingwood in the grand final. I actually got to train. I actually got to train that week with the, with the, with the team, and that was an experience in itself. You know, um, for sure. With you know, tens of thousands at the at that bloody Windy Hill. Um, that was you know that was a great experience. Essendon should have won the grand final that year, except you know that they had that. Had too long a break, you know, with mm. that drawn final, West Coast and Collingwood, whatever it was. Yep. And, um, yeah, but uh, they were probably the best team that year, but yeah, didn't get the didn't get the chocolates, and then um, yeah, but it's sort of um, everyone um, for whatever reason sort of went past me a little bit, like you know that, um, and I didn't. Um, in '92, I debuted in '92, like everyone did, but I only only got only debuted for two games. Mm-hmm. I only played two games in '92 in the seniors, and uh, you know, actually played every game in the in the reserves and every final in the reserves. But I got dropped for the grand final. Oh, true. Uh, yeah, so we like we won we won the grand final that year. Played beat Melbourne, and um, yeah, I got dropped. And then that was pretty, that was nearly the beginning of the end for me. I was I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna play anymore. I'd had enough. Like I just. I thought, oh, you know, this is not for me. I just, you know, if I couldn't, I played all year, and I thought I had, I had a pretty good year, and I, to get dropped from that grand final was like, you know, what the hell am I wasting my time for? If I can't, mm. won't even play me in this game, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, it was a bit, there's a bit of background to it, and I don't know what they were thinking at the time. Dennis Pagan was the coach. Um, guys like Terry Dannon every time, but he, he played in that grand final, the reserves grand final. There's a couple of guys. Um, that played in that grand final, who were you know to got were pretty much finished at the club. So I mean, I don't, I don't know why they would do that. In all, you know, um, mm, mm. and so I was really, I was really, really disappointed with that, and and I wasn't, I wasn't going to go back. Um, yeah, but I sort of did, and yeah, that um, and as it turned out, I mean, I didn't get a game again till round. I didn't get in '93. I didn't get a game till round thirteen. In the seniors or the seconds? In the seniors, in the seniors, yeah. Yep. So, in that premiership year, the Baby Bombers premiership year, I, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't get in the team to round 13. Mm. And I actually got dropped twice before, between then and the finals. Mm. So, what was um, it? What was the reasons you reckon, mate? Were you a bit undisciplined uh, or were you sort of like um, having, a, having a crack? No, I, I look, I. Um, Probably at the time I was um, I was probably um, a bit uncoachable. I'd, I'd probably say you know I didn't um, I didn't take uh, feedback on board too well or criticism. <laughs> um, you know I was basically said oh you know well, you get stuff then you know sort of thing until I sort of uh, we had a guy there. The turning point for me was um, we Esther and. Um, un- Essendon with about five of us, five or six of us, we, um, you know how they have that um, oh, AFL sports ready now? Yep. Yeah, where you go and work, you know, in sporting clubs and things like that. Well, Sheets and that Bill Kelty, I think it was, they they created they created that, you know, what it, for what it is today. But back then, we were the first pilots of it. I think the Kangaroos did it as well. So I did a sports administration traineeship and I would work... Um, three days at the club and I would work and I'd go to TAFE for two days and that was in the 93 season. Mm. And part of, part of that 
So it almost like we'll be sort of full time in the footy club. Yep. And part of that, there was a guy who was Sheed's assistant coach. I don't know if you heard of him, David Wheaton. Yep. Uh, you know, he, they call him the professor, and um, he was he was the first one to sort of introduce sort of game team rules and. And he was instrumental in our success in '93, and he worked sort of tirelessly with me, and was uh, probably the biggest influence I had on my career um, to turning 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 me around. Mm. Um, he just worked on deficiencies in my game, um, like especially especially at ground level, just picking the ball up cleanly, and you know having really clean hands at ground level, be able to distribute the footy. Um, and just, just my attitude towards playing and listening and getting beat out to be coachable. And um, so I think, you know, for me to go to take those things on board from him and 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 when you're when you're in front of a guy like that every day and you're doing the extra doing the extra work and you know, you put yourself before you give yourself every opportunity to play, that's you know, that's what the game well, to me, that's what the game is about. You just gotta you're getting an opportunity. I think there's a lot of guys who even play local footy you can play AFL. But you know, they never get the opportunity. So, yeah. you know, I was lucky enough. Um, and I think the other thing was, I was, I mean, believe it or not, I was probably one of the fittest blokes there. Mm. I, I could, um, you know, not, there's not many who would uh, be able to beat me, like, you know, around the tan, um, any sort of running. I was I was a pretty good um, um, athlete. And uh, so, and and I had, and I had, um, I had pretty good, um, Concentration skills or mental capacity to play on the best, play on the better players, and that's mm-hmm. where, and that's where the opportunity arose for me, and that's how I um, pretty much got got to be able to play in a, in a grand final, I guess, because I was probably our between me and Sean Denham were our two, you know, shutdown players, and mm-hmm. we were sort of working tandem, um, and that was my that was my opportunity to you know play you know, the AFL footy that I did in the end. Amazing, mate. Um, do you remember that game where Paul Salmon tapped it to you and you kicked the goal in, the, in like 15 seconds or something like that from the centre or close to it? Yeah, oh, yeah I still have um, it's, it's one, I still have arguments with Joe Mercedes-Tags. That was, I think it was a minute or so to go, roughly. Oh, I was just under two minutes to go in the third quarter and Carlton had kicked, Carlton had kicked um, I think, three goals in a row. Mm. Um, and Bradley, who I was playing on at the time, had a hand in a, in a couple of those goals, which I was pretty disappointed with. Um, I just kind of sort of come back on the ground. Back back in those days, like I, you know, I played on the ball was tagging Craig Bradley, and we don't. There's not there wasn't the rotations like they have these days. Like I play, I'm, I come off to rest in the third quarter for about you know, six or seven minutes, and that was it. Then I went back on, so I played the whole game on the ball. Mm. And um, yeah, so and and the other thing was we were we sort of I don't know if you've seen a documentary where David Parkin speaks how Neil Danaher pretty much devised the plan that we picked sort of picked Carlton apart instead of centre bounces. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were the best team all year with Harry Madden and Diesel Bradley in there, not like, uh, not, not, uh, Adrian Gleeson, mm. uh, that type of guys. They were pretty formidable in that in those set of bounces but we um, we pretty much picked them apart so I knew well it wasn't actually um, Salmon hit it was actually Justin Madden hit the ball down my throat <laughs> oh really I thought it was Salmon yeah 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 no no it was Justin Madden because I, I basically knew where he was going to hit it mm. and um, 
from what from how they were set up. And uh, yeah, if you watch the vision, you hit it straight down my throat, and uh, yeah, the rest is history, basically. No, that, that, I was going to say that'd be a sight seeing Paul Salmon and, and Justin Madden rucking against each other. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, Fish, well, Fish was probably wondering what the hell is he doing in the ruck at that stage because um, you know I think he kicked. I think he already kicked like um, maybe four or five because he kicked a few in that grand final. I think mm. five goals he kicked. Mm. He was he was a, he was a dominant player, and um, he, he tell you himself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to do a podcast with him, I reckon. Oh, yeah, oh, mate, you, you want to do one with him. Yeah, that, that's... Uh, we'll have to... We'll, we'll chase him he'd down. Probably, he'd probably want to... He'd probably want to see, though. Oh, he, he'd want a visual. Yeah, well, we can arrange that. That's <laughs> cool. Mate, um, so... So, just on that, like, like with regards to playing back then and throughout your career, what are some of the, yeah. the, 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 the highlights that sort of stand out for you as a player and maybe some of the, the players that you played on that you found really challenging? Um, oh, well, definitely the highlights, like, I, like, that, that, um, the end of 93 and in, even into 94, like, I really had, like, a purple patch of, um, you know, of form where, you know, we won, we won the flag, um, we won the flag, uh, I, I, I got the most improved award that season, um, uh, then we, and then we won the, um, Sorry, before that, we went to Darwin and we played an Indigenous All Star team in on Australia Day, mm. and um, I won I won the Australia Day medal for best on ground in that game. Um, then um, we won the night grand final uh, against Adelaide. Um, and I thought I played I played on uh, Tony McGuinness that night. I remember him the left foot yeah, off Adelaide. He was great. Uh, and. Uh, you know, I'll never forget. I, I knew I did it. I knew I thought I played pretty well on him, and and it was just it was reinforced when we were out that night celebrating, and they were there having drinks the crows as well. And he come up to me and said, "You know, I have, to, I have to buy you a drink. You know, you got the better of me tonight. You know, well done." And I was only a young, a young guy, which was pretty. Um, it was a bit. You know, it gave me a bit of a boost. You know, mm-hmm. to for someone like him. Um, you know. To, to say that and, and, and buy me a drink, so it was, you know, um, and then I, yeah, no, then I, um, I, was, I played for Victoria in that, in 94 State of Origin, won the EJ Witt medal. Jeez, how old were um, you then? Um, I, was, I was 20. Gee, that's, mate, that's incredible. So I played, um, so the grand final was my 13th AFL game. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, then I played, and then, yeah, so I played about... I think I think the state of origin was pretty early, so I think I played about my twentieth game when I was playing for Victoria, and I went like, yeah, and um, and even then it was sort of like, uh, I mean, look, the early years, a lot of players it was it, it was sort of starting to wane a little bit, like a lot of players would like, you know, pull out and didn't want to play, but like oh, I was you know, I was pretty lucky to play with Barry Amlet and. Mm. Danny Frawley, Gary Lyon, uh, oh, oh, the list goes, oh, actually my, my jumper in the photo and that's in uh, my son's room. But, uh, there's the list of players, it's pretty good, you know, we, and, and I think it was touted as one of the best State of Origin games ever. Um, mm. Was that in Adelaide? We lost, we lost by three points because Ablett gave a free kick away in the dying moments. He... Um, 
ragged old Nigel Smart, I think it was, or and um, one of those guys, yeah, and uh, gave a free kick away, and it would have, and we, McCurry had snapped the goal, so but we, so we would have won it. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it wasn't to be. Who but, was, who um, was the coach that, that, that game? Highlight. Just, so I guess just, uh, just being out with players like that night, you know, uh, for a guy like myself, you know, it, it was fantastic, you know. Who was the coach of that game? But uh, Curly Austin. Oh really? Jeez, unreal. Yeah. yeah. And what what, yeah. what did you do after the game, mate? Was there a bit of a, a celebration or something, or just a bit of a get together? Yeah, we all, we, most of us, most most of both teams, we all sort of went out together, and I'll, I'll never forget it because um, I'd, I'd spent. <laughs> I, 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 the only bike I remember that I sort of went home, went um, back to the hotel with, and that I'm not I'm stuck with was Tony Modra, oh, and right. he was, yeah, mate, he was absolute. Absolutely, like superstar god over there, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and, and a phenomenal player as well. And so um, you know, that was just uh, that you know, that was that was huge. Um, so what you had a few beers with him? Sort of, sort of back, back to reality. That was when it, you know the games were played midweek, and um, and that was sort of the beginning of a um, not a, not a massive drop off for me, but. Um, I didn't. I probably didn't get the best out of the rest of the year out of myself, even though I won, which is probably the most probably something you'll never hear about again. Is I won actually. I won most improved again in '94 <laughs> at the Bombers. True. Um, yeah, and everyone laughed about that. I think they must have forgotten who won it the year before. Yeah, so yeah, two in a row. Win it back to back. That was. Um, but I sort of my body. I. I didn't have much of a pre-season at the end of the grand final. I had a few little niggles going on, and I probably, um, and they started to get worse as the 94 season rolled on. And, um, and, uh, yeah, and I went in, I in, end up having, I think I ended up having like three bouts of surgery in the, in the space of five weeks mm. at the end of the four. And, um, yeah, and then it was just, uh, but, you know, have that sort of 18 months of, you know, winning, winning, what, I, winning what I did and part, being part of the team of what I was, you know, it was, it was something that, you know, that I'll probably, you know, the highlight of my career, basically. And then, and then you know, then you, sort of, you, know you, you come crashing back to earth sometimes with injuries and suspensions and getting dropped and, you know, I've sort of, sort of faced it all. You know, I've been dropped for big games. I got dropped for... The centenary game when we played Geelong, you know, um, I got dropped. Got dropped uh, from that preliminary final where Lockie kicked the point after the siren. Mm-hmm. I got told as I was getting on the bus, go up the ground from the Coogee Inn Hotel, um, so, you know, and to watch the boys just get beaten. I knew knowing that I would have been definitely playing in the grand final the next week because we had a few injuries in that game. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, uh, and then, yeah, and then just yeah, a few injuries that really got me in the end. I, a lot of, I missed a lot of footy with hamstrings and that, um, hamstring injuries and, and about, you know, uh, probably another, uh, I missed about, I think four or five, I think suspension. Mm. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, you always you always would love to play more AFL games. Which I, I you know, would have loved to play at least maybe 150 at least. But mm. um, you know, not many. There's not a huge percentage of players that play a hundred. So yeah, and not a not a huge percentage of players in the Premiership. So it's uh, I guess it's something I can hang my hat on for sure, mate. Tell me, so coming out of it, you you sort of got the bullet from Essendon. Did you get picked up by Brisbane pretty quick, or did you have a bit of a spell for a while? Um, yeah, well, you're right, you, I mean, you are right when you say I got the bullet from Essendon, but it, it, reality is I, I could have, in the day, I could have, it was my choice, I could have stayed. Yep. Uh, but they, I mean, they didn't want me, they didn't, by the reflection of the contract that was put before me, they didn't really want me to stay. Um, and, and I called their bluff and said, I'm going to speak to other clubs, and I actually spoke, I actually spoke to three clubs at the end of 98. It was actually it was actually a funny story. It was my, it was my own worst enemy a little bit because um, 90, the start of 98, I signed a contract. Um, I signed a two-year contract. Um, but I had a few because because I was a local kid, you know, out of East Gill, I was going to Essendon anyway. Um, you know, I never got much money to play. Um, mm. And... And basically, they didn't want to give me much money, and I asked, and and I, I asked for a few incentives in my deal at the start of '98, and one of them was you know finish top ten best and fairest, and or um, play for Victoria, and they said nah, um, you know we'll give you top five B and F, then we'll re- renegotiate your deal. Other, mm. other than that, that's all you're getting. Mm. And look, I didn't want to go anywhere. All my mates were there. I'm an Essendon boy. Um, you know, I love the club. And so I just say, oh, okay, I'll stay. And as it turned out, the 98 season I, um, was probably one of the better ones that I had. And I ended up coming fifth in the best and fairest, mm. which basically made my contract sort of null and void. And I had to sign a new one. Mm-hmm. And and then the club, yeah, for, so for the 99 season, the club said to me that I was, um, basically, they thought that I was inconsistent, I was injury prone, and um, you know I wouldn't have the same year I had. So I actually, I actually got offered less money than I originally already had. Mm. Uh, yeah, so so the writing was on the wall. Sheets didn't have Sheets was under the pump himself a little bit. Um, I couldn't get any answers off anyone. I was sort of and um, so I had. Uh, I had a meeting. I had a meeting with Timmy Watson, who was coaching St Kilda. I had a meeting with Tony Shaw, who was coaching Collingwood. Um, and and the and the Lions flew me to Brisbane. And um, yeah, I, I wanted to go to Collingwood. I wanted to, I wanted to stay in Melbourne. I, lo- I was Collingwood as a, as a young kid supporter. Yeah. Um, and that's you know that's how I um, that's why I wanted to go. But Lee Lee being his first year at Brisbane. Basically said to me, I'm going to take whoever player I want to take because I had the number one pick in the preseason draft. Mm, mm. And he said, even if you don't want to come, if you're available and I want you, I'm going to take them. Mm. And um, yeah, so um, and then I had you know, and every day like Lee Matthews would ring me most days, you know. So this is what he had planned for me. You know, talk about the club, talk about my career, and and you know when you've got one of the greatest players ever to play the game ringing you and saying he wants you, and mm. you know. To coach you, I thought, well, geez, you know, even though I've got a club here I want to stay at who don't really want me, yeah. um, you know, it's probably best if I go. 
What was it like uh, when you it, made the decision? Like, what was it like to actually go to a, a, a like a, a place like? Nah, Brisbane? look, the, the, the decision was fairly easy because you're not because you're, you're not you're not making that decision when you're there when you're amongst your mates. It's like that, that part of it was all. It just it didn't. Um, you know, it was sort of not that. It, I shouldn't say it was easy, but it was. Um, it 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 didn't really come until I had to get on the bike to go to Brisbane. I thought. And I, I, I know, I remember asking myself, what the hell have I done? Mm. What the, I should have just stayed for less money. I didn't want it all, you know, I didn't want to go. I should just, you know, even though the club don't show any loyalty to me, you know, you know, it is what it is. I'll always be a friend, you know. I'm always one of those players, you know, I'm not going to be a superstar or anything like that, you know, just, but I can play a role and, you know, and play up and play my career as an excellent player, but you know, I just um, yeah, so I knew straight away that I thought what, you know to make it make it the worst thing was uh, you know, I put on I put on a bit of weight after most seasons and um, back then we played we played a final, I think it was. And um Brisbane had finished on the bottom level. So by the time I got there, they'd been training six weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was that far behind the eight ball, and it just and I just didn't settle into life there. And yeah. I got crook, I got um, pleurisy. I did my grind before the first game. I did. Um, I got reported in the local league. Got a couple of weeks there, um, and it was just yeah, it was just yeah, I was, um, yeah. My heart wasn't in it, and my body was pretty much on the wane anyway. I was like really, I was starting to struggle. Everything was going wrong. Mm. Um, even though I was only, I think, 27, 28, I think it was, but my body, I'd been through a bit. Um, yeah, so I was I really sort of sort of battling a, a bit. Um, yeah, and it just didn't, um, it didn't work for me. But, um, mm. yeah, still then the kangaroos come knocking me <laughs> 12 months later, which surprised me. A lot because you know because Dennis didn't really I didn't think Dennis was a big fan of me, mm. but then he still come knocking and said he wanted me to you know for mm. to help out them in, the, in their midfield and um, yeah so I went home. You must have done all right because you get to play a few games there and you probably got your fitness back on track. At the at the Kangas, yeah. Oh uh, well, the Kangas I got yeah my fitness I got back to like yeah I was super fit. Um, I remember. Um, one of my best mates now is a guy called Craig Jennings. I know he's he's actually up at GWS. He's an assistant coach at GWS at the moment. Mm. Um, and when I um, come back to Melbourne, I had a meeting with Dennis um, at Pellegrino's where he, you know, where he meets players. You know, pastor joined the, in, in the city somewhere, and um, yep. Yep. he had a photo. He had a photo of me in Brisbane attire with jumper out, socks down. He said. He goes, I don't, you, you'll never look like this in a kangaroo, as a kangaroo player. Mm. You have your box up, your jumper tucked in. He goes, meet me at my office tomorrow morning. I went there. I met Craig Jennings, who, and he said, you're to spend every day with this bloke. You do whatever he says. And so I did that, and I was back to my usual self. I was flying on the track. I was flying around Princess Park. I was probably the fittest I've ever been again. Mm. And... Um, yeah, but the opportunity. Yeah, then but the, the the problem was the opportunities didn't come on the field. Like I played, I, did, I played like um, 
I think it was 13 or 14 games for the Kangas. Um, but predominantly at the start, I was playing as a defensive forward. So I'd play, I'd, I'd play on the most attacking defender. Um, and even so, I was. I think I think the first five games I was equal leading goal kicker with Carey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, then when the time came, he said to me, he dropped me. He said he didn't think I was fit enough to go in the midfield, which was a bit of a kick in the guts to me because I, you know, I obviously was. But um, um, as Dennis used to say, when the coach is right, he's right. When he's wrong, he's still right. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing! <laughs> um, but I, yeah, and then. Then I was yeah, Then I sort of struggled to get. I was in and out. I just um, and and to be quite honest, I I just I'd had enough. I'd had enough. I started to rebel a little bit. Um, I just didn't want to be there. I just you know my hamstring. I had really bad problems with my hamstrings. They wanted. They they tried to get rid of me. I had a two year contract. They tried to get rid of me. Um, and I said no, I'm going to try and stick it out, fight it out. Mind you, they got they got me for peanuts too because I went I went for three years guaranteed money at, at Brisbane, and and I was supposed to get and I was told by my manager by the North Melbourne that I would get that you know that I would get all the money and mm. um, they come you know that Brisbane would pay a certain amount mm. and to get rid of me and um, and then when I come to sign and I started to stop the trade and that and then when I come to sign the deal. Richard said we're not paying anything, um, and I went to went to AFL, um, and AFL said they've got a new contract, and I think AFL changed the um, the rulings after that, or it had to be in place before anything was done, or something along those lines, and um, but it, it cost me a lot, a lot of money and put a lot of um, stress and anxiety in my life because I didn't. You know, because my career was coming to an end, I just committed to buying a, some land here in Melbourne. I was going to build a house, and um, to get told that that you're going to your earning capacities, like oh, I couldn't even put a figure on it. it was around about you know sort of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars that I lost that lost of earnings. That um, and I was pretty disappointed at the time. The AFLPA didn't really do to me. Didn't do enough for me. Um, it was. I, I felt like it was just sort of swept under the carpet. Um, really, tell you the truth. And um, did you? And was, uh, I was going to say, Dave. Like, mental health wasn't probably uh, something talked about back then. But it sounds like you probably struggled a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because um, it was. I mean. Look back back then, like it was. I think the things had started to change. But you had to be the way the way you were sort of treated. You had to be fairly resilient, or like I spent almost ten years in the system. And like you know, I mentioned at the start of this this podcast that uh, you know, that I'm pretty, I'm pretty much uncomfortable. Only because you know you question things, and I and I never really was fond of getting spoken to in a certain way, and um, then I sort of learned pretty quickly. You know, I got coached by some of the hardest and you know best coaches going around, indeed, mm. Lee Matthew, Dennis Pagan. But sometimes you sometimes it gets to a point in your life and you get sick of getting spoken to a certain way and getting yeah. um and and. 
And whether you like it or not, I think you know, there's pecking orders in football clubs and there's people there's people in football clubs who, where yeah, they easily get pushed around and uh, they're, they're an easy commodity sort of to, you know, to get rid of or to treat a certain way. So, but then, then there's certain people who are not because you need, you know, because you think that you need those people to be successful or, mm. um, you know, so... Certainly, like, I, I, if I got pushed to a limit, I went too far. I, I, I don't have a, like any person, I have a, you know, cracking point. And, and sometimes my cracking point would, uh, <laughs> would get me into some hot water because I would say things that would, um, you know, were boiling up inside of me or I'd do things like one of my last, one, I, mean, I remember before a family night at Windy Hill, like, oh, sorry, at Arden Street, um, we had a jumper presentation. There was training, and it was one. Of, it was a session. This is for the 2001 season. I was having real issues with my hamstring. Um, I said to the doctor, "I'm going off the track." I walked off the track because I couldn't run anymore. Then it was coming, absolutely abusing me in front of everyone. So, um, mm. and so I, I lost my course. You can stick stick your club on out of here. Really? I grabbed my back, walked out. <laughs> and that was it. Did you go back? Yeah. And then, uh, but then, no, I'll, I'll come back. I'll come back in uh, because I think Jeff Walsh was there at the time, <laughs> which is ironic because he's going back there to do a review. But uh, mm. he, he rang me, said quit, and I said, nah, I just had a bit of a meltdown. I'll be back tomorrow. He goes, I'll get this on to tomorrow. So I went back in there. I knew going to cop it. And I ended up cop it. Just, you know, sometimes I step, step over the line. But, you know, this at the same time, you know, you've got to, you've got to have some integrity. You got to, you can't just cop everything you feel. But you got to, you just got to do it in the right form, which I sometimes, you know, um, if I felt like I was, um, you know, sort of cornered and and I and I was, you know, or you feel embarrassed by the way you're spoken to in front of everyone else. Mm. Sometimes you just fight back, don't you? You could regret it, but you know, it's, but like I don't think. Coaches back in those days, oh, they don't, um, yeah, they, don't, they, don't, they probably don't understand what it can do yeah. to, you know, to a player. You know, you know like, oh, oh, I'll be, like, I could, um, well, you know, I, think you could, I think we can take it to a speed. I'm talking as a player now. You know, I think you can take it to a certain degree because you're used to it. You know what's coming. It's, you know, you've got to be resilient. And when you're in that club, you've got to take it that comes your way, whether it be good back. You take all the feedback on board. Mm. I think the problem is is when is when you walk out of the place, when you hop in your car, when you drive home, your wife, your girlfriend, or your mum and dad, your brothers and sisters, well, they're the ones who probably cop it more than anything. They don't understand, and you and you sort of you might take it out on them because you know you've just copped it from someone, or you know for the last couple of hours, you know. And, it, and it's it's your sort of whole career that, you know, you're sort of on the line almost. Yeah. Uh, and, then you, and you go home and, like, and anyone you go home to, they don't understand that, you know, mm. that the one you just gone through or you don't really want to talk about it again, you don't, you know. It's, yeah. You know, some, it's like anyone with any job, sometimes you want to come home and say, oh, how was work? And you're like, I don't want to talk about it, you know, because you don't want to rehash things because it's, it's it's sapping, it's it's draining you, you know, your energy and your and your self confidence. Um, 
Yeah, and I'll, 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 you know, I've plenty of periods like that, you know, so like, I guess, I guess what made it easier for me is like, at least I had something to hang my hat on. I could look back and say, well, shit, you know, I've, I've got a premiership, I've, I've got an easy quick medal, um, you know, I've got these things, you know, I've, I've always had empathy and felt the blow to, who played a bit of footy and, and they don't, they don't have any of that. And so like, and then it, it finishes abruptly for it. Yeah. Yeah. You think, well, how the hell do I get out of that, you know? But, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, I mean, if I, if I, I reckon if I have those things that you're like, oh, I've wasted, I've wasted a lot of my, um, you know, last sort of 10 years of my life, you know, playing. Mm. Like, um, yeah, yeah. But, man, that's a turn. Hey, that's all I, that's all I had, that's all I knew because, even back then as well, it's not like it is now. Like you know, like I was, um, like I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing my schooling and doing all that type of stuff, and and you just don't, um, and you put all your eggs in one basket and say, put it. and stuff. I didn't have that. I know what I'd be doing now, you know. So mm. and then that, that was my career post well that I stayed in the system basically. So mm. so you, you were lucky to stay around in the AFL. System when you finished uh, as a player. Yeah, so what I did, I went. I went to. I, I just. I went to the Western Jets as an assistant coach. Merv Kane was the coach there mm-hmm. at the time, and then um, I spent a year there. Um, and look, that was for peanuts basically. But I just wanted to coach and wanted to stay involved, and I just, I just had, um, just doing bits and pieces, and then I went to Werribee. Um, and I coached the reserves in the VFL there, and I was still in the midfield. The seniors under Barry Barry Prendergast, mm-hmm. and we were aligned with the Bulldogs at the time. Yep. And um, yeah, then I became football manager there for a year and a bit, and then um, and then I became football manager for the Bendigo Bombers. Obviously, aligned with the Essendon. Mm-hmm. Then I got an opportunity. Um, they wanted a full time man- team manager for Essendon team. So I did that, and I sort of yeah, worked my way up. And I think my title in the end was I was football administration manager. Mm. So I spent, you know, quite a few years in footy admin, and uh, that comes to an end. Um, the second year of Matthew Knight's tenure there. So, mm, mm, mm. so yeah, I was sort of on a path, career path for that, and that, you know, that that sort of just ended like footy a little bit. You know, there's always. You know, things happen in a footy club and you know, people don't want you there anymore. And, um, you know, so, mm. yeah, so that, that, that was probably a harder time than my footy career because I lost, I lost my actually career for the rest of my life. And, that's, you know, and then I thought, what the hell am I going to do? Mm. What's happened you know? since then, mate? Like, what, what's happened uh, since those days for you? Um, well, it's, it's taken me, it's taken me a bit of, um, effort to dig myself out of a bit of a hole. Yeah. Uh, um, pretty much, and that's why it was so hard for me to to go back to Essendon. Really, to you know, even though I had still had a lot of friends there, um, you know, for them to just um, really, um, you know, basically to sack me from my role and um, and and do it, and the timing of it as well after like. I was talking about the whole pre-season, but just before Christmas, I just had my third, 
just had my third trial, our third trial, um, and I was pretty much left with nothing and and no support, um, no no are you okay type stuff, you know. Yeah. Yep. Do this, I'll be no, nothing, and so I pretty much struggled. I couldn't get a job. Mm. Uh, you know, foot was all on you. My mate Barry Prendiger at Melbourne at the time got a tap role recruiting for them. Yep. Uh, I was doing a little bit there, you know, not 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 earning a hell of a lot of money or anything, and I, I really I couldn't. I basically didn't work for two years. I was trying to um, getting different things myself. Um, um, but yeah, just really, really struggled, and um, yeah, it took me, yeah, it took me a considerable period of time to to get out of that, both you know, sort of financially and mentally, and yeah. Um, which yeah, which sort of it's still, it's, and, and, and yeah, and I'll be honest, it still hurts a little bit today, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially, and what even made it worse for me is what happened post my time at Essendon in terms of the supplement saga. Um, and 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 things like that, and um, you know, and the the, the remaining tenure at Matthew Knights because, um, I mean that's <laughs> to be honest, another story in itself. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I felt like I was made a scapegoat for you know because other people couldn't do their jobs, and and because I was you know a, a fairly important figure within the footy department that, um, you know, so. Mm-hmm. You get you get rid of someone to deflect from your own uh, shortcomings. Well, well, <laughs> what what, that way, mate? <laughs> oh, for sure, mate. And really, what I'm hearing is, you know, you lost your identity in many ways. Um, you know, that, that, that's what happens to guys. You know, we, we get attached to our identity and our status, maybe as a player or an employee or whatever it actually is. And uh, and then, yeah. you know, when that gets taken away, we 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 lose ourselves and we actually like hit the piss or we um we we actually don't know how to how to move forward with life and how oh, to, yeah i mean i guess i guess the thing for me was and and like and i didn't say anything at the time i, I confided in a couple of people um but i i actually i was actually struggling with a lot of things like even during my tech when i was working there and so like i would work i would work you know five six days a week Sometimes seven days a week, and I'd be, I'd be one of the first in there, one of the last to leave, and mm-hmm. I, you know, and, um, and my 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 job entailed a lot of conversation, a lot of talking, a lot of getting up in front of the players, a lot of organising. Um, it was, you know, it required a lot of energy, and it was draining on me. And oh, um, yeah, and and you know, and I'd go home, and you know, um, my my. My drive home, and you know, and I, I know, you know, I make fun, you know, a lot of people. I make fun about my weight, and so do a lot, a lot of people that. But you know, food, food was a comfort for me as well. Like I would drive home from Essendon to Templestowe, and it, it's easy to stop at Macca's or KFC. You know what? Because it, it made yeah. me feel better about yeah. Yeah, right. Yep. And 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 I'd get and I'd get home and like, and my um, and my kids would be in bed, and I'd go before they get up. And I'd be home. And I'd be in bed. I didn't, I didn't even, you know, even see him, you know. Yep. And uh, and plus the fact that you're in a footy club all day and you're around people all day in a fast-paced environment, 
um, you don't want to talk to anyone you get home. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, and and I and I um, you know, and I and my our first daughter was our first daughter was IBS. And so that was, and that was when I was working at the club, and that was you know that was a stressful period, and um, you know, and around that period when she was first born, I was yeah, I re- I, I, struck, I I had some help, I had some help from the AFLPA, mm. um, but it wasn't you know, it wasn't like it is today, where um, you know where you sort of um, it's more sort of broadcast, or you know the players put it out there. I'm in this sort of space, you know. Leave me alone. Um, I, you know, I just, yeah. I did get some help, but at the same time, I just got up with it. You know, yeah. And like ninety-nine percent of the people wouldn't even know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's probably a mistake on my behalf, but it's also, it's also like um, the club to a certain degree. You know, they 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 didn't see any sort of warning signs with with me either. Mm. Yeah, they 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 were quick to pull the trigger on me and quick to treat me a certain way. But they they they, they treated me like a, a criminal when I had to leave that footy club. And I, I'm mm. I'm, a, I'm a life member, premiership player. I've been there for you know, I played 92 games. I'd worked there for five years mm. in the in the free department, and they walked me out the door like I was a criminal. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and they let people who in certain in certain positions there. Come in from other pl- other clubs. I'm not, I'm not saying you can't have people from other clubs, but you, you've got you've got to know all the circumstances. You've got to know everything that's going on before you just like make it. Decision. Like they won't even do a proper review today. Like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They, they get done. You know, it's like it depends on personnel. Like um, I don't know, like you know, some it depends on personnel. It's uh, you know, people, it's people running footy clubs who, you know, you got they got they, to me they got to recognise well, it's not their footy club. Mm. It's um, you know, yes. they just they're, they're, they're passing through the joint. That's it. Yes, mate, and it's really it's common. It's so common, and it still is. And you're the same era as me, like born around the same time. But but you know, over over our our lives and careers footy whether it's in the workplace or whatever uh the the neglect that actually um that comes with uh, an employee uh and and exiting exiting them from a business or organization still needs a lot of work because you know someone like you was very vulnerable you actually put a lot of effort and time into it and um you know that can be a trap in itself that attachment but um but also, when it gets taken away from you, you know, you need that support to be able to sort of keep you on track. Otherwise, you can fall off uh, track really quick. Oh, mate, absolutely. You know, you know when you've got, when you, I, I'm not just saying it me, but when you've got, when you've got a young family, when, when that's been your, your, your life, you know, for so long, like, um, you know, pretty much... 15 to 20 years of my life at that footy club. Yeah. And they're just, you know, and just before Christmas, it's almost if they waited till I did, because I went to uh, Coffs Harbour for a pre-season camp, which I'd organised the last, the, you know, two, the, that year and the year previously, um, you know, so it was almost, you know, I'll wait till he's done all this work and then just, mm, um, yeah. and then wait till that one's around and, you know, get rid of the bloke. You know, it was like, um, you know, and then not to be able, not to be even able to speak to the playing group, and you know, to say goodbye, um, and they left, they left to sort of, 
they left it sort of open in terms of the way they spoke to the group. They, they made it. They made it sound like that I'd done something wrong, that I'd stolen something, or I'd, mm. you know, done something against someone, or you know what I mean. What year was that, and, mate? Um, two thousand. I think it was the end of two thousand. It was. I think. Yeah. So it was Christmas two thousand and nine. So I think we're going into the two thousand and ten season. Yeah. Jeez. Unreal. So yeah, I think I think it was then, and it's um. But yeah, and then yeah, obviously then um. Yeah. I mean, it is one. There's quite a few people aren't there now, and that. But like, uh, mm. little did they know. Like, oh, <laughs> I told them what was going to happen after they sacked me, and they go, "Oh, yeah, no, we'll see, we'll see." And it actually happened. You know? <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you had so I was sort of justified in a way, but it didn't give me, it didn't give me my career. Like, I, you know, I lost my career. Yeah, moved on. I, I, lost, no, I agree. Yeah, you know. So sometimes, mate, that, that's that's the the fault of management is they don't actually listen, you know, and they, they don't they don't have respect for the individuals that are at the coalface uh, in an organisation sometimes, and um, you know, and you you actually had some wisdom and knowledge on what you know was potentially going to happen or forecast there, but when people are too stuck, um, you know, in their ego or they're too stuck in their um, in their um, you know, status within an organisation uh, can actually get missed and lost, which I think is really poor. Well, that's right. That's that's why you know the, the the rapport and relationship that I had with players, like I'm, I'm their first, I'm I'm their first port of call. Yeah, I'm the I'm the first person they will come to and say I'm not happy with this. Yeah, I'm feeling bad about this. You know, this is working well. We need to look at this area. Uh, you know. Um, this coach is giving me a hard time. I don't know what. For. All, all, all things like that. Anything to do with them and how it affects them and the way they go about their business. Yeah, yeah. They, um, they come to me first because that's the, that's the relationship I had. And and if you can't you can't let egos get in the way of that. Like if you let your ego get in the way that you don't like that, and so you get rid of that person. Well, you'll get rid of that. You'll get rid of that buffer. That you've got between you and the playing group that you know could solve many problems that you you might that you might have. Agree. Oh no, you know doubt, no, no doubt. I, I've, I, because because once you take that person away, who are the players going to go to? Yes. Yep. You got you, you know they're not, and that's that's when your relationship with them falters even more because mm. you like at least then like. If, that person that the players go to, at least they've got the ability then, in the in the in a subtle way or in the best possible way, give feedback to certain individuals saying, "Hey, you need to understand that if you keep going down this track in terms of your cutting, in terms of your administration, um, you're you're going to have some issues on your hands with player A, B, and C because yes. this is what it's doing to them." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they're not listening. Oh, but. but but footy clubs, I'd imagine they're all the same, mate. It, people, especially when you're not winning, especially when, you know, um, people go into this self-preservation and they go into survival mode. Mm. And so it becomes very um, individual and like, you know, how am I going to keep my job? How am I going to keep my job? Yes. Well, we both know, like, you can't, as soon as that starts happening in a footy club, you just, 
you spiral out of control because like no one's there's no care for one another. Yes, that's right. And and see, mate, you that, look at it, you look at the people. Like I, I had I, I had my own office at the time, and I could not have somebody in my office and have a conversation with anyone walking without certain people walking past. Mm. And and pretty much I could tell they coming out my door basically asking you know didn't like the fact I'm having private conversations. Mm. What was your relationship with James Heard like back then? Um, me and Heard, he always had a good relationship. Um, and probably there was, oh, I mean, probably only one thing I was a little bit disappointed with Heard. He was, this is when I was playing, that he was the captain. He took over the captaincy from Gary O'Donnell. Yep. And so, and he and he rang me, wanted to know what was going on with me, contract, and then I told him the situation. Um, he said, "Oh, you know, let me come back to you. I made a couple of calls, and I sort of never heard from him again mm. after that." Mm. Uh, um, and that was to me that I was a little bit disappointed with that, but I don't, I don't hold any grudge against her. I think he's a fantastic yep. person, yep. you know, fantastic Essendon person, loves the footy club. Um, you know, uh, yeah, so I remember like, I remember you wrote an article at the end of, end of 98, because there was a meeting, I don't know if, I don't know if people remember, the meeting called, all players were called to the club, to the social club, um, by Peter Jackson at the time, and I think Graham McMahon was the chair, chairman at the time, and there was, and, and players thought there was going to be a vote, you know, if, if um, Sheeds, they wanted Sheeds to keep coaching. And um, it, got, it was pretty hostile of that. And, like, you know, and, um, and I, had, I, had a, I had a fair bit to say that, you know, they're saying that we're a joke, he's a footy club, you know, can't. This might be one of the reasons why they wanted to move me as a player. But <laughs> um, then I said, you know, I, I stuck up for Sheeds to see, you know, we don't, us as players don't get to decide who's coaching, if you know. Mm. Um, and, you know, we're arguing, a few of us arguing, saying, oh, it's all right you're a senior player. I go, well, I've, I've been dropped, get dropped teacher times, you know. Yeah. I go, what happens if you don't want the next coach that comes and you're going to try and get him sacked too? I said, this doesn't happen at our footy club, it happens at other footy clubs, blah, blah, blah. And, yes. You know, and there was, I think there was a few guys who just didn't want sheets anymore, but they just didn't have the balls to stand up and say, yeah, it's me, and, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, there was a fair bit going on there, and um, and yeah, I would have liked. And I think Hurdy wrote this article when when um, he was a captain of Richmond at the time. I think it was Chris Newman a few years later when Hurdy was writing. He wrote an article about Chris Newman saying, you know, that he tough times as captain. He remembers, you know, that meeting when, you know, when he. He, um, I got up and said all these things, and it should have been him the one who got up and said, but he, he didn't stand up and say it mm, as mm, captain. Mm. And um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, that, that's probably the only other fun thing. One time I would have liked him to, you know, just stand up and say, "Enough's enough, boys." You know, that's why you have committees in footy clubs. You know, they decide the coach. You know, um, yeah. if you're asked for an opinion, you know, you could you could have, obviously have an opinion on that, but like we're not voting on the coach, and you know. Yes. Yeah. And as it turns out, look what look what Chiefs did. You know, he survived, and they win the they win the flag in two thousand. Right. You know. Mm, yeah. 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 It's amazing. It's, that that was that was a that was a massively tough time for me as well. Like you know, just mm. um, you come out of it. Yeah. And, yeah like, you missed out on that opportunity. 
Yeah, just missing out on that. Yeah, that opportunity. Yeah, that's right. So amazing, mate. You you've had an incredible, incredible like forty. How old are you now? Forty, nearly fifty. I suppose. Forty-eight. Yeah, forty-eight, buddy. What what's life what's life uh, looking like now uh, for you? And where do you want to sort of maybe look at heading in the future? Oh, I'm um, I've got a couple of businesses that are um, so I've got been um, equine logistics with my brother. Yeah. Uh, so we run a we we uh, run a, a horse freight um, business yeah. um, by air. Yeah. Uh, my yeah, my brother's a trainer. We've got a, we own a few race horses and that. I've got a I've got a, um, a franchise called Dex Seal. So we like I said before, we rejuvenate timber decks. Yep. Yep. Uh, banding, um, cleaning, uh, recoding, um, and I'm just working on. Um, I'm just working on another startup business at the moment, where for youth, youth soccer players, where we give them opportunity to build a sporting profile with us to attend the combine, where they get tested physically and a bit like the AFL because there's no there's no development pathway for young soccer players. Right. Okay. Um, and, and then we give them a GPS, you know, to wear in games, and they can upload their game metrics into their profile. And then so we're forming a database all around Australia, so clubs, you know, not only in Australia but worldwide, can view these young these young soccer talent, and you know, and hopefully give them opportunities. Mm, great idea. Off the back, so it's um yeah, I've been working on that for sort of three years. It's been a long time, but um, COVID sort of hit us a couple of times. Um, yeah, but I'm sort of pretty passionate about that, and. Um, yeah, I'm a um, football manager at um, Essendon Do The Stars. Paul yep. Barnard is the coach there. We're yep. struggling a bit at the moment, but I've sort of become, I don't, I'm sort of trying to get out of uh, local footy or any footy at all. It's I've become a bit disillusioned with it, with the amount of money that young guys want. Yep. Especially at, lo- it's at local level, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. just don't, I just don't think anyone... In, just plays for the love of the game anymore, you know. It's like yeah, it's changed. Um, yeah, and um, I don't, yeah, I just don't. Uh, and I, I mean, I coach my young boys team under thirteens at Bulldog Temple Stowe, and um, you know, I, I enjoy that. So you're still around. Um, that's good, mate. But yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah I'll, I'll, still, I'll still, I'll stay, yeah, stay around, and uh, you know, I've been been to a few games this year, and um, I'd, yeah. I'd, don't tend, don't tend to go to many and, uh, because I, don't, I think the games, you know, I don't necessarily enjoy watching it that much, but I think, you know, the games on the weekend show you can actually get some good games of footy. Yeah. So, um, oh, mate, you know... Uh, it's changed a lot. Yeah. But I had um, probably one thing I didn't mention, in, uh, which is probably um, I should, is that, you know, um, what, I, what I did do for... Um, so I worked in a family business for a while um, and in auto parts, but one thing I did do which sort of has shaped me a little bit is I became a prison officer for two years. True. Yeah, so I really, it was something I wanted to do and I, I, I pulled out, like, initially, uh, early days when after I got the flick from Essendon because my wife didn't want me to do it and then, uh, then I went into the family business and I'd been sick of that, didn't want to work with family really and then, yeah, so I, I, went, I went for it again and... So I did two. I did two years at the Melbourne Assessment Prison in um, in West Melbourne there, Jeez. and um, yeah, it was it was a fantastic job. I, I, I loved it. I, the other reason I'm, I reckon I'm still not doing it is because um, 
I because uh, my kids are growing up, I didn't want to miss out on the weekend stuff for sport and that, you know. So yeah, unreal. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a real a bit of an eye opener. Taught me a lot about you know a lot of things about you know life and you know it's got a lot of similarities to working you know playing footy, working in a team. Yes, being part of a team, you get having each other's back, you know playing your role. Yeah, you know, so you stay safe, you know that type of stuff. So it was you know, it was a fantastic time for me. So and you've got to see compassion yeah, 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 for the guys. Yeah, moments. What's that? You've got to see compassion for the guys that are in there, mate. A lot of them have had rough trots, you know. And, and oh, they, mate, yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I mean, you don't. Yeah, I mean, there's a, yeah, a couple of stories, a couple of guys, and you know, you get in conversation with, you speak to, and um, and you know, and it, and you wouldn't even say, you know, that they're, they're they're criminals or anything like that. It's just you know, things, things like you spiral out of control, and they just beyond their control, and they. Yes. Before they know, they don't know what they're doing. You know, they're not thinking straight, and they make a horrible mistake. My word, mate! And they get you punished. Know, like you know, a lot of yeah, a lot, lot of fellas have had trauma in their life early that um, that uh, that they've been punished for, and um, you know that's not recognised. And you know, I I've spent a lot of time in in um, in prisons over the years. The first time was in Pentridge. Um, you know, when I was nineteen or something, not as an inmate, but like in there observing for work and that type of thing, and. Um, uh, yeah, I've worked around quite a few of them, mate, and, and, you know, some of the conversations and stories that I've heard and had, you know, a young kid that's getting abused as a two or three or four or five-year-old, you know, he's got a lot of trauma he's taken into his life, and all of a sudden, you know, if he does something wrong, that's not taken into consideration at all, you know? Yeah, no, nah, you're, you're right, mate. Like, it's, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, and, and the thing that happens is you've got hardened criminals and you, you uh, experiencing everything in, in in that way of life and they're manipulative and they're intimidating and they'll, and what, what you don't want is that, that person who's made one little mistake and, be, and he's put in that system and then, and, and someone who's, you know, a lifelong sort of... Um, criminal is getting a hold of them and you know and mm. making that situation even worse. Yes, that's right. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But amazing, mate. Oh, I'm really grateful to hear you've done that. And uh, you yeah, know, no, I still like. Um, yeah, I still catch up with the you know the crew I used to well, we used to work with, and you know, um, yeah, I sort of value those friendships, and um, you know, it was, it, it's it made me. As I said, I, I, I love. I, I did really enjoy the job. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, it's something I would have. I would have continued doing, except I want to miss out on my kids' stuff. Kids grow up, basically. Sold on the earth stuff, mate. You got away from the AFL bubble, probably due to the world of good. And you know, there's probably opportunities for you to be able to do more with uh, troubled young fellas and that moving forward. Because you, yeah, no, yeah. I, I have. Um, it's definitely something I want to do. Um, not so, it, it just, it just working with. Um, in general, like I've got a few ideas around, especially um, with, um, like in in um, this sort of sport development, you know. But I mean, I think I think with kids, you know, it's men- mental health and their anxiety it goes hand in hand, you know. Because the last thing you know, I see it, I see it because I coach kids in that as well, and I and I, I, I mean, I only coach and I try to understand them in that as well, and I don't and. The last thing I want a kid not to play a sport is because he's anxious about it or because he's not good enough or, yes. um, you know, you, 
And uh, that was something I'm proud of last year. My boys on the 12 team, we got awarded the premiership, you know, as we finished on top. And, and you know, I had some kids who just gave them a role to play in, you know, and they... And in one and in one way or another, they contributed, which which made them feel pretty good about themselves. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, and yeah, it's it's something. Uh, yeah, I, I have you know I have looked at um, um, you know I want to sort of further myself in that area, whether it be sort of some study or more hands-on type things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with 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 some you know kids. You know, in, in the sort of youth sort of segment, you know, make sure, you know, that they're optimising everything, you know, that they just, yeah, that they just have a go. For sure, mate. You know, you've got a lot to offer. They don't have to be at the top of the tree, you know, they don't have to be at the highest level, but, you know. Yes, yeah. Everyone's got a gift and a purpose here, mate. Whether you're a great AFL player or you're an average one, it doesn't matter, you're still a human. And, and you've got... Um, You've got uh, the ability to be able to really make a difference in life, you know, and, uh, you know, getting back to what I said about you and I being in the same era, like when we were young, guys that were good sports people got put on pedestals fairly highly, but, you know, the young fellas that weren't so good maybe missed out a bit, but they had incredible gifts that weren't acknowledged, I suppose, back then as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right, you know. Yeah, and I mean, the biggest thing I see is, um, you know, that... um because everyone develop everyone develops at a different rate as well. Yeah. Like and, and what and what what you don't want to happen is the worst thing that can happen is because kids because kids haven't developed, you know, and they've got a bit of catching up to do, you can't just dismiss them. You've got to keep encouraging them to sort of stick at it and yes. you because know, the table turns. And and, and 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 vice versa, some kids who are dominant at 12, 13, 14 years of age, they get like, everyone a lot of kids go right past them. They lose and that's it. yeah, and that's very difficult for them to accept. I've got a couple of kids at the moment, you know, they, they're they're struggling to accept that they were the dominant sports people in their class in mm. their in their level, but now all of a sudden they haven't grown and everyone's gone past them. Yes, yeah. and they they have to they have to deal and accept that. Yeah. Does the last thing you want is uh, oh, I don't want to play anymore because I'm mm. not good enough. That's it, mate. It's no different yeah. than you losing your identity as an AFL player. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. These are young kids that have got an identity. All of a sudden, it gets taken away. They can slip into depression and so forth really easily too. You know, so having yeah. really be able to manage that and be aware of that is uh, is really important. Yeah, Mate, absolutely. So it's been an absolute pleasure, and um, because we're a little bit late starting, I, I need to uh, to wrap it up now. But. I'm really grateful for you coming on and having a yak and I'm sure lots of people are going to get uh, a fair bit from this conversation and I'm going to send it to, oh, De- I'll send it to Dean Wallace and Rod Owen and a few guys that you might know and I'm sure they'll love it and um, hopefully a few other Essendon players get to hear it and um, people in the footy world so they can actually understand your journey and what you, you've been through, I guess. It's really important. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. No worries, mate. My pleasure.